is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Roar, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Oh, yes. Good morning and hello. It is Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com, Seattle Sports app and podcast platforms. All across the world, you can find us, and thank you for doing so. You know, it's interesting taking calls a couple times this week in that 6.30 spot. Get a lot of calls from people outside of Seattle, which makes sense. It's a little bit later in the day for them, a little more awake. They've slapped a little water on their face and found their way out into their uh, into their day. And so yeah, it was nice getting calls from work. Yeah, Texas, Arkansas. Arkansas, North yeah. Carolina. It was a big yeah. Yeah, kind of, a, kind of getting a sense for uh, some of the folks that listen uh, either on uh, the app or on one of the streaming platforms out there, seattlesports.com, whatever. So uh, thank you. That was pretty cool. It was enjoyable doing that. Uh, we won't get to take calls at 630 today uh, because we had Pete Carroll yesterday. And I want to make sure I play that for anybody who missed it because Pete was, I, I would say, pretty good yesterday. Kind of rare form. The three of us didn't really get a chance to chat much afterwards. So we throw it over to you guys and kind of, you know, what did you get out of Pete? I'm going to go through a couple of the biggest things that I thought and need to know. We'll certainly uh, include that today. But what uh, what was the sense you got after listening to Pete? Uh, honestly, my biggest takeaway was more on the rest stuff than anything. Yeah. Like, I feel like we knew he was going to be thrilled to have Gino back. He's always supported him. And um, that wasn't surprising. It was cool to hear that they kept in contact the whole time because he said problems can arise when things get quiet in those negotiations and maybe that was a reference to to um, some issues they've had mm-hmm. with Russ in the past too but yeah just uh when you asked him if he would have done anything differently leading up to the Russ trade and yeah he said yeah here here's uh here's Pete on that yesterday yeah there's there's some stuff I don't think I need to account for it all but there's there's a uh, there's stuff along the way that we you know we might have tried to follow the, the essence and the facts of what was going on more than kind of the hype. You know, we got caught up in some of the hype of it all and that we could have done that a little bit better, I think, and, and everybody would have prospered. Everybody would have prospered. But all in all, you know, we had a great run, you know, and we've won a lot of games and we were, had a lot of success and there was a lot of excitement and there was always hope in, in that we could do stuff and we could win. You know, we won a, you know, we won a lot of games, but it's really hard to get back to that darn Super Bowl. You know, that's that's the whole prize. And um, unfortunately, we, we couldn't quite get there. I, we might have been able to maneuver our way to stay closer to that, you know, and, and those three. And we went to the playoffs a couple of years right after that too, right? Mm-hmm. And the, so any one of those years right in there, you know, there's some stuff that we could have done that would have kept us on track. It would have been cool. But, but to just be where we were was special. Who do you think he means they got caught up in the hype? It's an interesting comment. I don't know exactly what that means, that they got caught up in the hype. I don't know if that means that the players themselves all kind of got caught up in, in their hope that they were all getting and kind of went to their head and everybody wanted to get paid and everybody wanted it, everybody wanted it to be about them. Sort of the general challenges of keeping a band together, whether it's a rock band or, or a, you know, a championship winning team. Or if it was something that they needed to go out and do in personnel that they didn't do. What do you think he meant by that? Good question. Uh, maybe the hype of being told that they're the, one of the greatest and most elite defenses of all time, and now mm. they're going to try to repeat it. Maybe that was where my brain went first, but there's a lot of options for that. Well, and maybe it is, you know, hey, you have an elite defense. 
what can you do to try to get your offense up to that same level? And the next thing you know, you're trading for Jimmy Graham and you're making some of the mistakes that they made at that time rather than sticking to their identity. I, I think that may be it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, in, theory, in retrospect, probably should have followed specifically up on that. But I, you know, he said more about it, and, and you'll hear it again coming up at 630 I, I, yeah, more. I'm with you. I thought that was incredibly interesting that, you know, he was pretty honest about it. Today is the one year anniversary of that deal, right? This is the one year anniversary of Russell Wilson being dealt. I was homesick. I was vomiting all morning. They've soon as our show ended. You get a premonition. Maybe, huh? maybe you, you knew it was coming. It must have been. <laughs> I don't know. I, it seems like it's worked out pretty well. I don't know why my premonition would have involved me vomiting into the into the toilet that morning. But, um, yeah, it was soon after our show ended. Stacy broke the news. Breaking news. This via ESPN's Adam Schefter. After weeks of negotiations in one of the largest trades in NFL history, the Seattle Seahawks and Denver Broncos have agreed to terms for a deal involving Super Bowl winning quarterback Russell. Wilson. Yeah, that was the first we heard of it, and obviously it went from there, and we learned about the first-round picks, and we learned about the players that were coming back here, and uh, you know, now we're a couple weeks away from uh, finalizing that deal by getting to see the last first and second round pick that they got from the Broncos and what they're able to turn all that into. Certainly last year, uh, it was awfully successful. So, yeah, a year later, you hear a a Pete Carroll that maybe wishes they had done some things differently before that trade. Uh, Also asked him specifically what he's learned in the last year well um that sometimes you got to make tough decisions and you got to go for it and you got to you know that, that just re-emphasized to me that sometimes you got to just say what the heck and go you know and, and uh um with really a good commitment of people and connection with the people that have to you know and bring in the input for those decisions you can you can make good, solid choices, and and, uh, and it, it worked. You know, we we it worked out tremendously for us, and and we're that's why we're sitting in, in the position for this draft, and we have a some funds to work free agency because of it, and and we're excited about it too. We've had a great deal of excitement about this whole thing that's taking place, and so we're looking ahead, and and, and we didn't have to rebuild to do that, and, and I know that it may have. I, I didn't convince a lot of people of that. <laughs> I kept telling them, but we didn't have to do that mode, you know, and, and uh, we, we were able to go for it and, and uh, didn't quite get it, but uh, we were close. So you hear a couple of things in there, right? One sort of near the end is Pete's never going to rebuild. He, that, those, those words are anathema to Pete. He is not having any part of rebuilding. He doesn't do it. He won't do it. He can't do it. He doesn't know how to do it. You may think it's the smartest way to get better, and certainly it worked for the Mariners. Pete's not going to do it. It is not in his DNA to take a step back in order to take a step forward. He won't do it. So forget about that. And and quite frankly, you got to give him some credit. He found a way to do it last year without doing it. So, all right, I'll, I'll you know credit where it's due. It's not necessarily the way I would do it. But with his track record and the way he's wired, obviously he was able to to pull that off. The other thing you hear is tough decisions. They had to make a tough decision. They had to move on from the guy they had built their team around for the previous five years. It's interesting to, to have that thought the day after signing Chino Smith to a deal where they said, no, we're, we're going to stay the path here. We're not going to make another tough decision and just go with our system or anything like that. And I think it's those two learning experiences kind of at play. 
right? They like Gino's leadership. They like him at the contract they were able to get him on. Listening to Pete say, ah, you know, you'll you'll hear about all the contract details eventually. You'll read about them. Makes me think anyway that they can get out of this after a year and that the numbers are not going to be prohibitive for them in any way to get involved in free agency, to draft who they want. Uh, They can do essentially whatever they wanted to do. So I don't know if they played hardball. I mean, I guess in theory they they could have gone even harder and said, hey, go test yourself in free agency, whatever, dude. Nobody wants you. The The quarterback market right now is just... I mean, Lamar Jackson, nobody seems to want him, et cetera. And Gino did get less than either Daniel Jones or uh, Derek Carr. So, you know, maybe they could have played even harder and got him for a little bit less, but that's not their way of doing business. They want to keep their guys happy. They want to stay on good terms. They want everybody. You know, Pete wants to be the good guy. That's who he is. Right. We talked about him in sort of the parental role. I know he doesn't like the idea of the kid of, you know, the players being children, but I think clearly he plays sort of a parental role in the way he he treats the players on his team. That really stood out to me. He's like, How would you treat your kids? When asked when Brock asked right. him about Russ you know all the drama of wanting them fired, that jumped immediately and not in a belittling way. Yeah. Like, how would you treat your kids? It was honest. Yeah, I think it's just how he how he feels about them, right? I mean, he he's not going to call them children. I get it. I understand why he sort of bristles there, but he 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 thinks of them that way. He he tries to care for them as if they were his own, and I, I think it's a it it's part of what makes Pete Pete. I think it also has the downside, and we've talked about it of when guys leave when they find out that it's time, they kind of feel like oh he doesn't love me anymore. Right. As opposed to Belichick, where they always knew he didn't love them because he was always mean to them. Like, well, he's getting rid of me. Yeah. He always saw me as a commodity. I think with Pete, they feel like he sees them as a real human being and almost like a like a you know parent child relationship. And so it's a little harder to accept the fact that he's ready to move on. So look, there's a lot of good stuff from Pete yesterday. We'll play you the whole interview coming up here in 20 minutes. I definitely recommend it. I think you'll hear some things that are awfully important. And I'll give you two that I think matter to the Seahawks' next few moves. Coming up next, and need to know. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Geno Smith signed free agency just about here, and the Seahawks have a lot to do. A couple things stood out to me anyway from Pete Carroll yesterday. The first, they would absolutely still be able to draft a quarterback regardless of what happened with Geno. That, uh, that opportunity is absolutely there. We could do whatever we need to do, you know, and, and uh, um, which is a whole nother, you know, discussion of what's really exciting. And, you know, the coaches are working at it and the scouts are working at it to try to position this thing when there's only you're at five this is different than we're used to seeing you know this is really fun to because you can pretty much predict what what's going to happen with you know four different choices you know so which one is it and and uh so um it's 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 we're alive on all you know, uh, all guns are blazing. They're alive and all guns are blazing, at least as it relates to the quarterback in this year's draft. And you hear him bring up the number five pick. I didn't bring it up. He brought up the number five pick, right? So that certainly is interesting. It could be that they are very seriously looking at all of these quarterbacks. And we know that this deal isn't going to prevent them from taking one. 
Or it could be that he's trying to convince the rest of the league that they are looking at these quarterbacks seriously. So that somebody needs to come and trade up for one or get ahead of them in order to take a quarterback. So Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson or Jalen Carter, whoever it is, may end up falling to them. So it's uh, certainly an interesting game of, uh, of PR and marketing and everything else as Pete is trying to convince the league what he's up to. The other thing that jumps out to me, they really got to do something about the defense, and Pete knows it. There's going to be some decisions made. We got to get some guys to come to us to help us out. Got some guys banged up that are coming back. Got to see how that goes. Uh, but uh, my intention and focus is on that as, as, anything, as much as anything we're doing. Well, as it should be, right? So if that's the case, is that the direction they're leaning with the number five pick? I think the biggest challenge they have trying to revamp their specific defense this year is there are a lot of edge guys and not enough big fellas up front. Maybe Al Woods returns. It's hard for me to see Puna. Hard for me to see Shelby Harris. Brian Monet is certainly hurt. So you're going to need to remake the interior of that defensive line. It's not a very good defensive tackle class. After Jalen Carter, the drop-off is enormous. And obviously, right now, there's a lot of question marks about him. So, spot for free agency? Javon Hargrave, Dalvin Tomlinson from Minnesota, Sheldon Rankins is another name. He's been with the Jets. It's not exactly an A-plus defensive tackle market in free agency either. So I understand that they want to remake this thing. They're going to have to do work at linebacker. We know that they're going to try to do some work on the edge. And those things are very possible this year. The defensive tackles, you know, portion of it. I don't know how they're going to do that. And I think it's going to take all of John Schneider's creativity to get that done. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, essentially a perfect night for the Kraken as they were tremendous yesterday. They get by Anaheim, really take care of business at home. And by the way, the Ducks have been playing a little bit better recently. 5-2 win. Goals from Schwartz, Alexiak, Bjorkstrand, Sprung, and this beauty from McCann. See if they have enough energy. Veneers knocked away. Larson, trailer. McCann scores! Oh, that's what he does! The twisted wrister. He loves going short side high, and he rips that one into the twine, his 31st of the year. Yeah, it was interesting seeing both him and Sprung kind of do what they do. He goes short side high. Sprung goes to the other side high on kind of a bad angle. He scored a ton of goals on weird angles this year, and uh, the Kraken played really, really well. 31 goals now for McCann. Kraken have won five in a row, and they are pretty well on en route to locking down a playoff spot. Vegas loses. Kings were off, so they are only two points behind both teams to try to get into first place. Calgary wins, so they keep pace with Seattle to try to get into the playoffs in general. Here's the third thing you need to know. Tons of NFL news, and we'll go around the NFL a little bit later in the show, but the Jets officials are in California to visit Aaron Rodgers as uh, the Packers gave them permission to talk to him. I wonder if he's making them wait outside while he meets with his yogi. Who knows? Uh, It also sounds like Jordan Love is going to request a trade if they don't move on from Aaron Rodgers, although I don't know what leverage he possibly has. They just say, okay, well, whatever. What are you going to do? Not show up? You're the backup quarterback. Okay, true. So, yeah, (laughs) request all you want. Uh, There doesn't seem to be much of a market for Lamar Jackson. He was tagged by the Ravens, but could be had for just two first-round picks. Lots of players yesterday, including a bunch of Seahawks, alluding to collusion. Quandre Diggs, Bobby Wagner, 
Tyler Lockett, J.J. Watt, others all kind of at least referring to it. Ryan Clark on ESPN went pretty far. And if you believe that all these teams and executives and owners aren't upset with the deal that Deshaun Watson got in Cleveland, then you've absolutely lost your mind. And when Adam says that the team or that Baltimore has an idea of what the market can be, we know the combine is less about those dudes on the field and more about the conversations going on between between traders and between free agents and having those conversations. And if you don't think that collusion is a part of this league and the league understands that we don't want to continue giving these guaranteed deals out, then you're absolutely out of your mind. You know what? I actually tend to agree with them. And, and the reason that I believe NFL owners are a little bit more guilty of this has to do with the like set rates for each position. It, it, it like I understand some of that comes from the franchise tag, but it is just crazy to me how each position is viewed so different or viewed so similarly by all of the teams. No, it's a safety. You're only worth this. Oh, you're a corner. You're worth that. When teams build their rosters so differently, it's odd to me that these positions would have such specific uh, numbers attached to them. In any event, uh, Zags win their conference tournament last night. They destroy St. Mary's, and uh, the Mariners will get back to it today. They take on the Dodgers at 5 o'clock. Do you see anything that happened with the pitch clock yesterday? Was this the where the umpire walked off to get a couple baseballs yes. and came back and called a strike? Yes. Yeah. What a jerk. Don't like that. That is not the spirit of this That's law, right? That's on the umpire there. Yeah. yeah the, NF, the Major League Baseball has got to work on the spirit of the rule and not just the letter of the rule. And maybe they need to do that at the beginning to kind of get people into the habit. And maybe you got to be kind of a hardo to start in order to make sure that this kind of catches on. But I didn't like that at all. That no. does not seem to be the way this should go. Or like, the pitch clock doesn't doesn't continue, and the umpire is the one the one who's enforcing it. Walks off of the right center home plate. Yeah, you could just not enforce it. Yeah, yeah, right. It's not good. I mean, you could just you know ignore it in that moment and move on since you were busy getting baseballs to move the along. If you're the hitter, no, I'm not putting both my feet in the box while the umpire is not standing behind. Exactly. Me. And then there were, you said the other shenanigans last week with Max Scherzer. Did you see that? Yeah, We're, trying to quick pitch. Yeah, and I don't like that either. That's not what this is all about. If you're going to call timeout, let him call timeout. Tell him to step off. I mean, I don't know. Just uh, th- that's shenanigans. That's not what I'm looking for from this rule. If you're trying to speed up the game, fine. But shenanigans, eh, no thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm out on that. All right, coming up next, if you missed even a second of Pete Carroll yesterday, you missed a lot because he had a lot of information for us on the deal for Geno Smith, the draft class that they're about to see, the future of the quarterback position, their defense, the last year without Russell Wilson, the mistakes he may have made leading up to that deal. You're going to want to stick around. Pete Carroll's next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Uh, we do have the coach with us, and he's going to walk us through a big deal that was made yesterday. Coach Carroll, good morning. What's How are up? you? Wow, I, we got everybody in the house. Yeah, Everybody's kind of here. That's what yes. happens. Everybody, it's even. a big day, right? Yeah. You're committing to a quarterback. We're moving forward. How did this get done? Yeah, um, really well. <laughs> was done really well. Everybody uh, stayed really, you know, on point. Communication was great. Um, the focus was there to, to get something done, and and uh, so we got it done in timely fashion. You know, we we're ahead of free agency, which we needed to do, and and uh, really everybody's thrilled about it. Um, owner, would, you know, Jody was great about it all the way through. She gave 
John the, the freedom to do what he needed to do to make the deal. And then, then in, in visiting her with her yesterday, she was really pleased and excited. She 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 took a lot out of Gino's accomplishments in last year, and, and uh, was really proud of him and, and excited to, you know for the future and moving on. So everybody's connected on it. So it's a good deal, a good deal for a club. And I think it sends a really good message too to the everybody on the outside. That this is. This is a good place, you know, and, and uh, the, the things are going in the right direction, and we're fired up about it. We see the headline yesterday. From the day that we talked to you last after the, the 49er that Monday, and you said we're bouncing right into this offseason, right? Amazing draft capital, and we'll get to that in a little bit, and these decisions to make. When we talked to you that day to, what, about two months later, how much work goes into this Geno deal? Is it an everyday thing for you? Is it every week? Is it... Just kind of the behind-the-scenes, I guess, process to get well, this done. Well, you know, really give credit where credit is due. I'm, I'm riding along with John on this one, and uh, he and Matt Thomas were, you know, on it constantly to make sure that we had a schedule and we would – the communication was excellent, you know, and ongoing, and there was no voids because there's – in these kinds of negotiations, the spaces can really cause issues, you know, and uh, both, you know, Gino's representation and our guys just didn't let that happen. What so, do you mean the spaces? Well, the the, the time frames, you know, because oh. it's just the the quiet times, you know, and, you, and the minds start rolling and everybody's thinking this or thinking that, all the alternatives, what's going on, you know, and, and uh, that can cause problems. But we, we were very sensitive to making it a great process and so it was ongoing yeah it was on the whole time we were always talking about it and it it's meaningful in so many areas working together so that we would have an opportunity to continue to compete to bring guys to this club and get guys on our, on our team in the locker room uh was it's been at hand and now really now we're really rolling you know we we can plan, we can plan, but until we knock the big one in the boat. And, and the other things that happened, Jason was a really big deal, you know, getting Bloor was a really big deal to us. Uh, Philip Haynes was a, a, those were all really significant steps along the way that were all planned, and they've, they've come off like we hoped. And so now there's a whole next, uh, you know, sequence of things that are going to come together. And so here we go. What is it about Gino that made you want to commit to him? Uh, all of the confidence in the world he, he gave us by the way he handled himself. Um, I, I think, you know, it's not the physical part of it. It's, it's really the other side of it. His his view, his perspective throughout was so clear and, and consistent, and, uh, and and he was so confident, and he backed it up, you know, and, and uh, he backed it up with his words, and he backed it up with his actions, and and, uh, and his teammates know, you know, every, every aspect of it. It just worked out really, really well, and um, this was hard for him. This is a huge challenge, challenge of a lifetime, and he came through. And uh, to see it, see him handling it so well, it, we marveled at that. And but then he never wavered, and so it just gave us all the confidence to continue on. Can you win a Super Bowl during Geno Smith's contract? Heck yeah, we could. Heck yeah, we can. He he's going to do his part. We got to do the. We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of stuff we have to get done. We have a, a, a lot of decisions to make. This extraordinary draft coming up has been ongoing too, and we haven't left that topic either. You know that's been ongoing. So there's multiple topics, like just like I like a lot of balls in the air at the same time. <laughs> you know, let, let the music play and let's you know let's be dancing, let's do the whole thing. Well, that's what's going on, and and uh, but the the focus focus right now obviously is continuing the evaluations for the draft but free agency is is at hand you know you mentioned that word confidence and i think trust as well like you you know to play that position you got to just gain the trust of your teammates you got to gain the trust of the staff we talked to you every monday you know during the season and there were moments after moments where it's like man he's just getting it and he's just doing the right thing through the ups and the downs and the accountability and everything else but was there a moment or two that stood out to you as you kind of look in the rear view last year and go yeah 
Okay, yeah, that, that's another big step in the trust. Yeah, yep, that, that's yeah, another big yeah, it was step. After, I think it was after game two. He just, uh, I think I might have said something to you guys, but that's when I, he's he's going to be able to do it. You know, you could get that feeling, so let's go. And we don't. And that was in San Francisco, so Denver to open, right, yeah, in was, San Francisco. It was after, it was just two weeks into it, we just knew that he could he could carry out what we were trying to get done, and he was confident about it, and he was handling it. He was handling himself in front of the team and all of that. You could just see that, you know, we Gina was going to have a, a chance to have a really good run at this thing. You mentioned free agency. How flexible can can this deal allow you to be in free agency? We have some flexibility. We don't have a lot, but we have some flexibility. We have to be really smart, really judicious about every every step of the way here. Um, and so, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're excited about it because it's just about ready to kick this thing off. Can you help me with some of the theory or the philosophy behind that? I mean, we, we see these teams that just seem like every year they can pile player after player after player and their cap goes up and up. And, and eventually sometimes they have to pay the piper years down the road. You guys don't seem to go down that. Is that a philosophical decision? Yeah, we're, yeah we're, we're a little bit more contained than that. And we're trying to you know, have make really good decisions along the way and still compete. And, and to do that, we have to be patient. You know, we have to take our, take our shots here when they come. We, we don't want to be frenzied entering this first week of free agency because that's where you can make huge mistakes. You make huge commitments to make decisions. You've got to go for it. And so, you know, we'll, we're going to work our way through it. Notice how many players keep coming off rosters and stuff. There's, it's happening. There's a, there's a real attrition rate and that we have to be available for those moments too. So, uh, you know we're we're going to be you know we're going to be wise about it hopefully and make really good decisions that are going to fit us we're deep deep into that and i'm i can't talk about any of it but but we're deep into it right now and and we've been working on this for really for weeks so it's uh it's an exciting time that's coming up with this geno deal just the last couple things cuz the the numbers are starting to come out and we're starting to see the actual not just the headline but the actual numbers to it uh, it feels like there's a bunch of incentives that he built into this, kind of like his deal last year where he yeah. met, I think, every one of them and doubled his, his salary because of that. How important was that in structuring this deal from your side and equally getting him to, to buy into that side that this will still be a pretty incentive-laden deal? Yeah, when, when you guys get your chance and you really dig in, you'll see that it, it, it is it – is, you know, leaning that way, we're we're counting on him coming through and doing the things that he was able to do last year. And, and if he if he does that, he's going to get rewarded. And uh, we know that if that if he's able to come back and do that, he's going to have a great season, and we're going to be in great shape. We're going to have a real chance to be at the best, at our best. So um, it is heavily structured that way. And uh, you know, I know he, he he's gambling a little bit in that sense on himself. Which yeah, is, I mean, what does that say about he, him? No, to he's, do he's that. clear about it. And they were, you know, this was part of it, and. Uh, throughout, so it's a it's a really strong part of the contract, and and I think that's maybe why the ownership is so happy with it too. If you if you perform and you get it done, and you know, it, it, gladly we would reward, you know. And so I, th- I think that was a real combination of of thinking that that worked out for us. When we talk about committing, we're talking to Pete Carroll here. When we talk to about committing this this contract to Geno Smith, does it? prevent you does it allow you to draft a quarterback as well and continue to look towards the future we, that uh, that opportunity is absolutely there we could do whatever we need to do you know and and uh um which is a whole nother you know discussion of what's really exciting and you know the coaches are working at it and the scouts are working at it to try to position this thing when there's only you're at five this is different than we're used to seeing you know this is really fun to because you can pretty much predict what what's going to happen with you know four different choices you know so which one is it and and uh so um it's 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 we're alive on all you know uh, and all guns are blazing here how good is this draft class 
Um, it's interesting class. There's a lot of good players. Um, it's not as obvious on the top of just the, the great guys that you got to have, you know, 10, 8, 8 or 9, 10 picks off the top. That's not as obvious. There's a bunch of good players. And so um, it's kind of how you want to go. And we're going to see what, you know, what the quarterback interest is early, you know, see what, if teams are going to go get it, you know, to get to QB that they want. These guys are really talented. They, they look great at the combine. They, they were great in the interviews. Um, they did a uh, they really did well by themselves, and so it didn't make it any easier for us. <laughs> you know that there's no easy decisions here, but that's okay. This is really this is fun stuff. Salk asked me earlier, "What do you think about Gene? What would Gino think if they took a quarterback and took one pretty high?" And I'm like, "Well, I think knowing Gino and even this deal, like betting on himself to a degree, I don't think Gino would mind too yeah, much." Just know Gino, and how's he going to take? He, whatever we do, he's going to be he's he's going to take it in stride. He's not going to worry about anybody. And and this is as a reward to what he's done, even solidifies his confidence and understanding how much trust we have in him. So, um, you know, and if that if that is to happen, that is a choice for for the long haul, of the future, and, and all of that. We'll see what happens. This feels like a QB class, and you know, I was just showing Salk some game tape earlier of you know, I don't know this kid out of Florida that's six four two four. There's a guy in Florida runs four right. four eight and jumped forty and a half inches. This is a draft. It kind of reminds you of yourself, right? Yeah, you know, we we compare and contrasted. I had him by an inch. Four four. I was six five. Let's you, you see. Were ta- you were a half inch taller than yeah. him. He well, has me by about a second. I think I ran five four. He ran <laughs> four four. So a little different in that way. But this this QB class in particular feels is like traitsy, right? A term that the scouts and these analysts love to use. Like check that box, check that box, check that box. They feel as a as a group maybe to have more of those physical traits than some of the previous draft classes. Is that fair? Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know. You haven't paid attention. We, we, to those we, haven't, we haven't been classes. in those deals, you yeah. know, those kinds of opportunities. So it's, I can't tell you as clearly as this class. But these guys are all they're they're singling themselves out in their individual ways that they have. You know, uh, that it's, it's giving you some choices of style. You know, and, and uh, a background. You know, these guys are smart. They're they're so grooved. I and mean, they've just learned so much football. To hear them in their meetings, they just rip off protections and concepts and routes and adjustments and line of scrimmage and changing the plays and all of the things that they know how to do. Um, Different than the nineties combine. Not calling, not calling the huddle as much, but they're calling. They're doing everything. Right. It's just as at the tip of their tongue, you know, to, to control whatever they need to control. And they're so fluent. It's really impressive. Uh, and these are just college kids. You know, they're just getting here. You know, to know as much as they know is just knocked us out. Pete, it was a year ago tomorrow that you guys finalized the trade for Russell Wilson and yeah. and changed the direction of this franchise considerably. What have you learned since then? Well, um, what have I learned? Um, that sometimes you got to make tough decisions and you got to go for it, and you got to you know that, that just reemphasized to me that sometimes you got to just say what the heck and go, you know, and and uh, um, with really a good commitment of people and connection with the people that have to, you know, and bring in the input for those decisions. You can, you can make good solid choices and, and, uh, and it, it worked, you know, we, we, it worked out, uh, tremendously for us. And, and we're, that's why we're sitting in the position for this draft. And we have a, our, our, some funds to work free agency because of it. And, uh, and we're excited about it too. We've had a great deal of excitement about this whole thing that's taking place. And so we're looking ahead and, and, and we didn't have to, rebuild to do that and, and i know that it may have 
I, I didn't convince a lot of people of that. <laughs> I kept telling them, but we didn't have to do that mode, you know, and, and uh, we, we were able to go for it and, and uh, didn't quite get it, but uh, we were close. So the years leading up to that decision, because I'm guessing it wasn't made like a year ago today, and then the next day you traded Russell Wilson. There was a lot of conversation, a lot of thought, and everything that went into that moment. Do you have any, I don't want to say regrets, but anything that you would do differently if you could go back to the previous few years leading up to that decision? Is there anything you would do differently? Yeah, there's there's some stuff. I'm, I don't think I need to account for it all, but there's there's uh, there's stuff along the way um, that we you know, we might have tried to follow the, the essence and the facts of what was going on more than kind of the hype. You know, we get caught up in some of the hype of it all and uh, and, and that we could have done that a little bit better, I think, and, and everybody would have prospered. Everybody would have prospered. Um, but um, all in all, you know, we had a great run, you know, and we've won a lot of games and we were, had a lot of success and there was a lot of excitement and there was always hope in, in that we could do stuff and we could win. You know, we won a, you know, we won a lot of games, but it's really hard to get back to that darn Super Bowl. You know, that's that's the whole prize. And um, unfortunately, we, we couldn't quite get there. I, we might have been able to, maneuver our way to stay closer to that, you know, and, and those maybe three, we went to the playoffs a couple of years right after that too, right? Mm-hmm. And the, so any one of those years right in there, you know, there's some stuff that we could have done that would have kept us on track. It would have been cool. But but to just be where we were was special. You know, just look, and look how it goes, you know, and it, it's difficult. The Rams have had a really hard yeah. time, you know, responding to it. So there's, I, I think that we may not have captured all of those years as much as well as I'd like well, to Well, and think. I'm sure you've learned quite a bit from that and making the decisions that sure. you're making now. You know, we've heard some of, you know, your ex-players, et cetera, and talking about those years talk about accountability and we've heard sort of talk of uh, from your side, almost strategically accommodating some of the things your quarterback wanted to do. Is that what you mean when you talk about things that could be done differently? I know I some, but I strategically accommodate a lot of players. We, I was doing that the whole time and this was a very uh, worthwhile effort to be made because these guys deserved it. They deserved the treatment. They deserved the, the mentality and the way we dealt with stuff um, to keep them at their best. That was that was the great challenge is to keep everybody functioning at a really high level. And some the attention got distracted at times. But, I mean, there's a lot of – let's go back and just look at the individual stories I was working with. You know, we had a lot of guys that deserved a lot of attention, a lot of focus to keep them at the height that they were performing at. And, and then eventually it starts to move. You know, the guys get older and it, it, it's hard to hold on to that edge and all that. But that's the thing I – you know, I like – when I go back, I wish I could tweak a couple little things here and there and keep it a little bit tighter and a little bit is better. It, is it tweaking that. the way you coached or tweaking some of the decisions you guys made as an organization of, to no, keep people around? All of that. And not so much to keep people around, it's to keep them going at their best, to find the way to keep them at the top of their game, you know, and, and keep it all mixing well and, and all that and making the right choices as guys transitioned out. You know, that that's a that's a that's a big challenge. That's a challenge that I had never faced in coaching. You know, I'd never been there before. In college, five years are gone, you know, and okay, that's, that's it. And, and years before, there wasn't enough years. We got into generational football, you know, and, and we had to deal with those factors. And that was the first time figuring that out. I think I'm better at the thought of that now, and I, I would love that challenge again, you know, as I look back. So, um, But that was a new deal. I think the report came out while you guys were at the Combine with Russell Wilson and the history and the things that he may or may not have done because he refutes a lot of what was put out there of of him wanting you you and and John to be uh, let go. And you said, I'm going to hang with him. I'm going to hang with him. 
And I think we talked the next day, like your ability to hang with a lot of these personalities over the years <laughs> and you just continue, whether they, you know, flip you off on the field or they scorch earth on the way out, you just continue to hang. How, how and why? How, how, how well will you hang with your kids? You know, if your kids, however they handle life and they deal with their changes and their challenges, are you going to bag on those guys because, you know, and your, and your son or your daughter because they say something or do something or get together with the wrong person or take the wrong job or sell the wrong house or whatever, whatever it is, you know, I mean, if you love them, you love them and you're going to look, look for them to come back around. And, and if you give them the chance by demonstrating your unconditional thought to them, maybe you can help them find that too. And what I'm, what I'm un, have uncovered in my time here is our guys come back and they come back to us strong and they come back to us with, uh, with gratitude and appreciation and, Still an attitude, which I love, you know, <laughs> that's okay. And we don't have to agree on everything, you know, but we went through it together and when this is what happened and, you know, and we'll take what we got, you know, and, and, uh, and ho hopefully learn from it and make better the next time around, you know, so um, it, it's pretty clear to me, this is not the big challenge to, to hang with people, you know, these guys gave us everything they had and, and they willingly went for it in, in every way that they could as best as we could. And, that to me, I will, how could I not hang with that? You know, that's all I need. I don't need nothing more than that. So you do seem to sort of equate coaching and parenting a fair amount, and it makes sense. We talked to Scott Service. I think he oftentimes says similar things. There's got to be a lot of, you know, in common between coaching players and parenting your kids. Um, one challenge, though, is there does sometimes come a time to move on from players. That's right. And if you've treated them as a child and you've treated them as a father figure, et cetera, does that make it harder for them to accept the fact that, hey, this is going to come to an end and it's not going to always be exactly yeah, First of all, I didn't like when you said we treat them as a child because I don't want to. I, I don't mean it like I that. Know that. Yeah. I know that. I know that. I just don't want to accept that one. But, um, yeah, like I, I've thought and I've clearly come to the point where if I've if a guy's got to get let go or he's got to get cut or you got to tell him i want to be the guy to tell him and and if sometimes it doesn't always work out exactly the way i'd like but i would like to be there for the hard the hard stuff too and and so um you know i who would better feel their way through that moment than i can do it that's what i that's why i want to be there i don't want to and so when it doesn't separate well you know it, it pisses me off that i didn't get it done properly but the intent is always to okay let's talk through it boom we, you know KJ and I went with this, a great illustration. KJ and I sat in the locker room one, in the, in the weight room one day and talked through all this stuff. And we looked at each other and we knew we were on it. And it wasn't the, you know, the best stuff that we had decided was going to come about, but yet we had done it heart to heart and it, it was, it was a beautiful thing. And, and so we haven't lost beat, we haven't lost step at all, you know, and it's, that's what I'm hoping for. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's okay. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, I'm, I'm, that's how I'm going to try to get it done. And on the flip side of that, here in the next week or two, free, you know, free agency begins, a new league year begins, you probably get a chance to recruit. So we're talking about the tail end we'll of it. We'll be recruiting a little bit now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of like that, you know. Do you, do you enjoy that <laughs> end of it a little bit more? Heck yeah, I do. I, I, and, I mean, I, what, I, what I wind up telling guys, hey, this is, we, we're like this, we're like that, this is what you can expect. And then I say, okay, but I'm, I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm going to prove it to you when you get here. And, and you, I'll show you. And, but so get here so we can prove it to you. You know, and I, it was the same thing in the living rooms, you know, in recruit, you know, okay, I can tell you how good this all is. You get here, I'm going to prove it to you. And then I'm going to remind you that it turned out like we said. <laughs> 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 and stick it to you a little bit, you know. So yeah. if you doubt me now, you know, and
anyway. We've never seen that side of you. He's sticking it to you side <laughs> over the course of doing these interviews for, what is it, 13 years now. Uh, how different will your defense look next year compared to what we saw this year? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how we do. We've got um, – you know, we've got some big decisions to make, and uh, we've got to get better. We got to play better. Um, we transitioned uh, from our scheme uh, not as tightly as I wanted to, and so this and since the day it was over, we've been on it. And you talk about stuff we're focusing on, man. I've been on it, man, and I'm really excited about you know with our guys and our coaches and 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 for our players to really tighten the thing so it's really really. Uh, to the point where it can be great and we can play great football. There's going to be some decisions made. We got to get some guys in to come to us to help us out. We've got some guys banged up that are coming back. I see how that goes. Uh, but uh, my intention in focus is is on that as, as anything as much as anything we're doing. Do you anticipate filling Sean Desai's role? I know he wasn't a position coach um, per se. Yeah, matter of fact. Um, uh, last night I, I secured that. We'll wait till we, till we announce it because I, I don't know where, where we are in the formalities of that. But okay. yeah, yeah, we did get we did uh, hook up with a guy um, last night that we're really excited about that um, our coaches have worked with before. He's been in the scheme, been in uh, various schemes that will really help us. Um, uh, really, I can tell you that Carl Scott is going to take a bigger role, and and he'll do a great job with the passing game and and uh, fill that you know that kind of the immediate spot that way okay. uh, he'll be the um, senior assistant and passing and this is different than the pass rush specialist that was also that's, no, that's, that's another thing yeah. i'm really excited about where do you guys where do you guys see bt jordan get after it hey you can coach him up now <laughs> he's got he's got you can pull him up uh, he's on uh, youtube all over the place with the, all the guys he's worked out through the interviews that we were going through mm-hmm. uh, and the phone calls that we got since that that word has gotten out um He's he's got his he's got his his lines out in the water now. He's worked with a lot of people, and a lot of people love what he does and what he brings. So I think it's a really special element mm-hmm. right now too. Available right with, now with, too. Well, with with our young guys too, you know, with uh, uh, Daryl coming on and and, and Mafe showing his stuff, and of course Chenna had a good year. Bruce had a good year uh, on the edge. We had nice nice stuff going on there, and there's some options in in the draft too, you know, coming up. So. Um, he's going to be a big part of it, so I'm excited. You guys got that. a busy couple of months ahead of you. Oh, man. This is too much. It, it, fun, has, huh? it has not been not busy. It's been on the whole time. <laughs> Just like you said, uh, you know, the going to work on the defensive scheme stuff and connecting the, the things we want to connect, That's that was immediate, you know, so it, there hasn't really been downtime. It's been uh, It's been pretty fun. Well, that was Pete Carroll, uh, who took the time uh, yesterday and uh, certainly quite a bit written about that. A few things jumped out to me more than anything else. And uh, the biggest, obviously, is what they could do with the number five pick. Everything is in play. Brock and I will discuss together next.